Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. All right, all right, all right. It must be Saturday. Feeling good. And uh, in spite of all the interesting things going on around me, this is Doug Bassler. And this is Marty McClendon. Welcome back to Doug and Marty versus the world. And we just want to start off the program by apologizing for repeating the last couple of weeks. But, you know, it's the end of summer and people have things to do. I just got back from a one click under 900 mile uh, motorcycle adventure ride. We went 899.0 miles as I pulled my bike back into the garage. <laughs> and uh, and then- I might've know, driven around the block, brother, just to make that sure. And that kicked over the other number, but yes. You know, I, it's one of the things, it, that ride reminded me, brother, that Washington State is worth fighting for. Why would we give up beautiful Washington State to the wicked, evil Democrats. Um, I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook. I've seen it before, but somebody sent it to me and I decided I was going to go ahead and repost it. But Ronald Reagan told the story about how hard it was to be a Republican at certain times. And Mm -hmm. he said it was like Gary Cooper at high noon and, uh, you know, outnumbered and everything else kind of feels like Washington at times. Mm-hmm. depending on where you are in Washington. But uh, he said that he, uh, this, this Republican guy was going door to door out in the, in the farms and uh, the uh, farmer comes out and found out he was a Republican and said, let me get my wife. We've never seen a Republican before. And so he, uh, he went to get his wife and he, he was looking around for a place to, to, you know, a, a, a podium to preach from and he couldn't find anything. So he just got some uh, what Harry Truman's wife was trying to get, uh, Harry Truman to call uh, fertilizer and s- scooped it up into a pile and climbed up on it. And um, so he, he the, the wife came over and the husband and they, he, he gave his message and they said, wow, we have never heard a Republican speak before. And he said, well, that's the first time I've ever given my message on top of a democratic platform. <laughs> so, <laughs> <But I'm dumb. laughs> so you can see that video on my Facebook page. I love it. I love it. And of course, that's Doug Bassler's um, uh, Facebook page. We also have Doug and Marty versus the world. I could put it on there. I should probably put it on there, brother. All right. right. Very um, funny. So so we, in the last two weeks that we've been gone, brother, it's like nothing's happened. (laughs) (laughs) We laugh because it's tongue in cheek. It's sarcasm. Uh, We know the world, literally, if you didn't have your faith centered in Christ, um, your values grounded in the word of God, you would be shaken. When, it, when the word says that everything's going to be shaken, it's being shaken. Our, what little trust we had in political authority has been lost. I mean, literally bald-faced lies from the president to his staff on Afghanistan to the forced uh, vaccinations, the mandates from the governor Inslee, all that. But you're right. Then you have the suicide bomber, the rise of ISIS-K. We can go, we'll go into all these things today, but it would feel like the world is coming apart at the seams. And yet, oftentimes, when you reorganize things, when you expose things, it's messy. But like I said, if you have your faith 
and you're and you're and you're grounded in the Word of God and knowing that God is in control, sits on the throne, has a plan, and He's using it for it. There's some peace in this as well in the middle of the storm, brother. I, you know, it's really funny because, um, you know, I like you and uh, follow current events. We we follow what's what's going on. I mean, we have uh, you know we have a real champion uh, guest on the program from time to time, uh, Jim Walsh, mm-hmm. uh, out there fighting these vaccine mandates and mass mandates and other things. And uh, but following following what's going on, you know, internationally, uh, nationally and locally here in Washington state, you know, it's obvious we are headed for another shutdown. It's obvious that the, the, the governor, the, the, the current governor of Washington state has absolutely no intention of releasing any of his power authority that, that the state legislature against the advice of Doug and Marty <laughs> voted him emergency powers. And, you know, without a time limit. And so here we are a year and a half later, and we're still under an emergency declaration, which is giving him dictatorial control over our lives. And at any rate, Doug, to that the point, Lord our is giving just, me, the yes. Lord is giving me a word, brother, one word, and it's a good one. He's okay. telling me rejoice. Isn't that kind of what you just said? It is. We we understand that this this retooling, this re-engineering of Washington State of America and stuff like that, the Lord's in it, and He is big, and He is wonderful, and um, thank God that He gave you know, because I would get you know, I get angry, brother, I get upset. I I do. I've ranted before, so I want to say this, and thank you for bringing that up, and a hundred percent agree. I want to remind our listeners though that. Not only did the legislature vote to expand the emergency powers, it was actually on our ballot. And do you remember all the ads and all the money pushed to say, well, not a big deal. This is only in the event of a real disaster. You want the governor to be able to uh, have that exercise, that authority, only in rare cases. Like, it will never happen. And we, Doug and I, have talked about this on Earthquake, this show. Earthquake, volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tidal wave. Big things that outside of God's Dinosaur you know, control. Dinosaur attack. But, Right. Alien attack, whatever. Right. You know, uh, and yet immediately on the heels of that passing, we have COVID-19 and all this stuff. And no one expected this. That said is whenever we see something that said it's only this much or it's only in the event, never believe them. Because it doesn't tell you we're always sold on a levy or something because it's for the kids. We're always sold on new taxes because it does something or won't affect you. It only affects the rich. You know, so every time they lead with a vaccine or mandate or a mass mandate or whatever, because it's for our own good, take a step back and say, no, no, I'm not going to buy into that. What are they trying to lead me? What are they trying to coerce me or to encourage me or to whatever, to manipulate us as citizens to do? What will this do? What is the worst case scenario? Not the best case scenario, the worst case scenario, because that's probably what they have planned. They've proven it over and over and over again. And so when we see these provisions on a ballot, um, don't don't overlook them. Look at them and say, what would be the worst possible scenario? And probably is what's going to happen if that's implemented. So we have to be much more vigilant about what's being passed in the legislature, but also what's being put towards us as a good thing. Wouldn't you say, Doug? Yeah, and, and you know, America is an amazing place 
it's it's a it's we're amazingly prosperous brother my dad was telling my dad was here visiting this last week he just went home he's might be listening this morning hey dad uh lives over in spokane area came over here to seattle and had a great time but he was telling me that he thought that his family was the last family in the spokane valley that had an outdoor bathroom and you know just uh, the difference in the lifestyle coming out of the you know was born in the in the 30s coming out of the great depression on into world war ii they knew what it was to really have to work hard just to put food on the table just to survive and uh and you know and then they gave us you know in the the 50s the 60s and so on a very prosperous society that allowed us to be a little more relaxed brother mm-hmm. <laughs> a little more you know and then we got a government that wanted to hand us food stamps and hand us you know reparations in the form of welfare checks or whatever and so we don't know what it means a lot of times to really to strive and to 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 have to put effort and energy into you know being uh, uh you know just living and and in a way that's hurt us you know and so now we're we're in this situation where um people are are wanting to push back but they don't know how to start they don't know what to do and so we're you know we're really grateful for the tim imans you know, mm-hmm. for the Jim Walsh's, for the, um, you know, the different folks. Glenn like, Morgan's, yep. so, Matt Rob, Shea's. Robert Sutherland, Matt yep. Shea, you know, all these folks that are, um, that are helping us, they're leading us, they're showing us how to do things. And, um, you know, I'm still doing street church and there's, you know, more and more people joining in with that. And we're having, um, you know, you and I, I keep coming back to what happened with us uh, you know, wanted to record the program. They had a fence up and the National Guard around the the, the state capitol building, the campus there. And wherever we push back, we've been winning. The problem is we we win and then we don't exploit the breakthrough. So in a in a battle sense, when you get a breakthrough in the enemy line, you exploit it. You run you you know you the tanks got a breakthrough. Now you send the infantry in, the air force in, the you know the logistics. You you begin to do what Jesus said. And that is occupy, you mm-hmm. occupy, you take it up, you don't give it back, you know, and that's the tragedy of, of Afghanistan, right? Is that we had like, uh, uh, was that Bagra or whatever that big yeah. Bagram big, airport? Yeah. 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 And, and they just turned off the lights and left and they left all the planes and they left all the helicopters and all the money dollars worth of uh, military equipment and how much cash. cash. Did you see all the cash? Yeah. I mean, didn't somebody think to put the money in their pocket? I mean, if I was there, I'd be like, hey, man, I'm not leaving. When, when, the protocol, when the proper protocol for any military exfil, they call it, removing, is you get citizens out first, you maintain your strategic stronghold, you destroy the equipment that's not left behind, and then you remove the military. They did everything backwards. They removed the military first, and then went, oh, we have people behind. We should put more people back into. They gave up their strategic strongholds. They gave behind all their weaponry. $80 billion worth of the high-tech stuff that now China has and Russia has and the Taliban have. Um, and then they go, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring everybody else out that wants to come out. And then just a couple of days ago, they came out and said, well, we got 90% out and we're done. You, It's never been, oh, we 10% is an acceptable loss. It's always been leaving no man behind. So to your point, it's, it's like, holy moly. So now we've got terrorists that are armed with the best military tech weapons, machine guns, Apache helicopters in the world out there. 
and making it even more dangerous for American citizens that are, that are left behind, that are stranded in the country. So you saw the reports, right, with Glenn, uh, Glenn Beck and using jets and stuff, using private citizens and ex-military to go Kenneth in and Copeland rescue. Kenneth Copeland even used one of his jets, ministry yep. jets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Crazy, fantastic. Brother. You know, but then when our heart goes out, um, this is what we're called to do. When our own government basically says, too bad, so sad, we're going to kowtow to the Taliban government, the Taliban, the, the terrorists that were tied to Al-Qaeda and ISIS that have killed American citizens that that brought down the, the, the World Trade Center in 2001. All this stuff. Are you kidding me? And yet this president was begging that they would allow American citizens pass their checkpoints. And then we had the suicide bombers. So the uh, General Milley came out and, and so with the uh, Secretary of State and the State Department and President Biden and the press secretary all congratulated themselves on getting out of Afghanistan. That it went really, What a really great well. airlift. We got 120,000 people out. You know, forget about the 15,000 Americans left behind. But you yeah, know. out of the 120,000, they said, oh, there's 6,000 Americans. So the majority of what they got out were Afghani citizens. What we don't know betting wise. Well, that's, they are. you know, okay. I mean, I hate to go there, but you know, that's kind of the, the priority of this current uh, mm -hmm. illegitimate, you know, Trump won, by the way, uh, this illegitimate administration is Americans last. You, you know, we have a wide open border. Over a million immigrants have come in uh, illegally on our mm -hmm. Southern border since the Biden presidency started the false presidency, the pseudo presidency. And so that's, this is, this is par. This is just like hitting the, hitting the hole exactly on par by saying we want other people other than Americans here because they'll, we feel that they'll come and reliably vote Democrat. We don't like you, you know, patriots go to other countries, brother. Do you know that? Yes. Patriots go and serve and build Christians go and do missions. Did you know the Afghanistan church was listed by uh, Operation World as the fastest growing church in the world right before this happened? I did not know and that. And so they are, and now they're at risk. And they're, you know, you've heard of the Fuller Brush Man, right? The Fuller Brush Man would come around, he'd knock on the door and he'd sell you some great brushes and stuff like that. I think they may even still have them somewhere. In Afghanistan, the Taliban also come around door to door, but they take your daughters and they kill you. Yes. So and <laughs> on top of that, you saw the story. This is for listeners. I talked about this before as well. But someone in the State Department gave the Taliban a biometric list of all American citizens still there and American sympathizers, those translators and so forth. So Taliban can go door to door check their eye retinal stand, their fingerprints, find out who they are based on the list and make it a hit list. I have no idea why this was done, why it was a mistake, or if it was a mistake, but these people are essentially dead unless we can get them out of there in a short period of time. We've seen the videos of them flying our Apache helicopters, hanging uh, American sympathizers by the neck from the helicopter. They've seen shootings in the street. And to Doug's point, they're taking every girl, 13 and older, in, in the households and making them wives. They're killing anybody and beating people that are there now. This is a travesty and a tragedy that did not have to happen. This was about a president and an administration that was the same ones that pulled out of Iraq and created the ISIS caliphate. It was around Obama. The same people are in power now that are directing or somehow this debacle 
that don't care about American citizens. Um, so there are people there that we should be praying for, but we should be work, doing everything we can to get them out. It's this right here that when you think about it, Doug, you talk about the poorest southern border. You talked about the, and I talked before about the the failed foreign policy. When you see what they're doing when it comes to our taxes, shutting down the country, the COVID mandates, the vaccine mandates, when they're more concerned about that than they are our citizens in danger's way, when they have a, a, a poor southern border, when they have literally where Biden's one of the very first thing he does is approve the pipeline between Germany and Russia, which strengthens both Russia and Germany and weakens us when he shuts down our own pipelines in our country. And then saying basically to get us off fossil fuels. So we have to beg to OPEC and to Russia and to China for our oil consumption, our gasoline prices have gone through the roof. And then you have Afghanistan now who China's jumped in to partner with, to support with because of the mineral rights for all the battery production for electric cars and stuff. They're rich in that as much as the uh, Saudi Arabia is oil. Afghanistan has these minerals that build these batteries. So it, once again, it, China wins, America loses. Russia wins, America loses. Iran no, I wins, America loses. I don't loses. know, man. I'll tell you, um, I pity China if they want to go in there. Rather, they're those guys are not governable. I mean, no, they're, no, they're the not. Did it and stuff. All they want is. The I, I mean, if you they're unless the Chinese convert and become Muslim, and they're not because they have camps in China where they're actually re-educating Muslims and teaching them how to be atheist communists. Right. And torturing and murdering them and harvesting their body parts. And China's a bad player. Chinese government, bad player mm-hmm. as well. No, the big crop in Afghanistan, brothers, the poppies, it's the heroin crop. I, I, I've heard uh, stories, people that I know, that uh, the the military, the CIA, and so they were actually ordered to protect the poppy crops. So... Now, you think might say that. that's you might say that's poppycock, but it's actually a poppy crop. Well, and, think about this too. China so are is we the, were they making money? I mean, they they do use that same opiate, you know, in pharmaceuticals, right? I mean, that's one right. of the problems. Think about this for a second too, Doug. Um, China is the biggest producer of fentanyl, which is coming across our southern borders right now. Has the most highest death rate from all our homeless and those that are addicted to drugs. They've already got the, uh, like they said, the poppy and the opiate. So they have, they have a resource that like that and the minerals and so forth. It is rich for them. Uh, basically, they're going to shovel money into a terrorist organization so they can uh, uh, conduct war against Israel, but against I just us, have whatever. one question, brother. What's that? Where do they get that money? Yeah, from us, right? <laughs> from Walmart, brother. <laughs> from, from Walmart, from toys, from things we buy. Right. Oh, cheap plastic. But we've been crap, talking man. about how we're at war with with an ideology, first of all, a spiritual war against good versus but evil. Brother, war, brother, uh, come on now. You need communist. to calm yourself down. You need to Islam is a peaceful religion, brother. They're all about peace and love and they got hippie beads. Uh-huh. Okay. They, I'm talking about communism, but yes, yeah, Islam too, radical jihad is So so it's, it's they said, you know, years ago, I, the prophetic guys that I like, like Crick Joyner and stuff, they were saying that communism was going to become communism, which happened. And then, but the, the elements of communism were going to uh, marry to radical Islam, and it was going to become very uh, ex- more dangerous because it's not, it's not so 
national, right? Like with the nuclear thing and all this kind of stuff, you have this kind of national um, uh, ism and it's easy, you know, Afghanistan was a problem. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I think the problem with Afghanistan was, and even though Operation World said that Afghanistan was the fastest growing church, so there was obviously a move of God going on at that time, probably still going on. And I, I heard that the main missionaries to Afghanistan were coming from Iran, if you can believe that, the underground church in Iran. And so this um, thing that we were doing in Afghanistan that was just really heartbreaking was they were having Christian service members cover up their crosses. They were hiding their Bibles. They were doing, they were, you know, this, if, if you're not, if you don't recognize the enemy in Afghanistan is radical Islam, you know, mm-hmm. why are you playing with that? You know, uh, what was the Ann Coulter? We need to convert them all, you know, to Christianity. Right. And she's like, she's right. You know, mm-hmm. but we don't do it by force with the gun to the head. We do it because we love them and we want to lead them out of darkness. And this, you know, this fifth century, you know, uh, treatment of women, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, they, they want to make us what, like, we're the great Satan. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. What are they doing to these little girls there? You know, some of these little girls, we covered this a couple of years yep. ago. This one little girl had been, you know, child bride and, and she died from vaginal mm-hmm. bleeding you know, because he wasn't old enough. And that's just the kind of crap that's going on. And so we are going to, you know, we're going to say the truth. Look, Jesus is better. And, you know, Muhammad didn't come back from the grave, man. And he didn't, you know, and and this stuff is, this stuff is wicked. This is not a, this is not a religion of peace. This is wickedness. This is evil. What they're doing to women. You know, I was reading, in, in, I think the Lord just took me there, but um, I've been reading through Luke lately, and he was there was a list of Joanna and Mary and all these women that were supporting Jesus out of their substance. Right. Why would he? And he cast demons out of Mary, and he and uh, Joanna, her husband was Herod's steward, so they had money. Mm-hmm. And these women saw in Jesus that freedom. The woman at the well, right, that came to Jesus, and he said, "Who's you know." Uh, um, doesn't matter where you worship. It matters that you worship in spirit and truth. And nobody wanted to talk to her because she was, you know, she was a loose lady. And then they had the woman caught in adultery. And he's like, hey, who is without sin? Cast a first stone, right? In, mm-hmm. in, in, in no trial, whatever. So I'm just saying, you know, and this, this Ilhan Omar and the squad, they're strangely silent, brother, about what's yep. going on. The beheadings, the crucifixions, the door-to-door murders, the child brides. The it, female genital mutilation, which we oh have a friend. This is part of the Muslim tradition over there, but it's it's the radical jihadi thing where the, we know their goal is to establish the caliphate to destroy the great and the minor Satan, right? And that's us in Israel. Um, we know this is what it's about. And to your point, um, there are girls of all ages, especially young ones that are being taken to child bride, genital mutilation, being killed, parents are being killed as well. There's been torture, there've been beatings. And those that are all about women's rights, all about family are seen, are silent. They're not saying a word about the atrocities that have been going on forever, but even more so now, or about the Christians that are gonna be murdered or have been murdered already over there. Um, this is something where everybody should be up in arms, literally, and, and defending life and people and rights. This is a place and a culture that 
throws gay men over uh, a building to, to their death. It doesn't tolerate these things. All these people that were about kids in cages or whatever, where are they now? They should be out right now. This really matters. If they care about human life, if they care about gay rights for that matter, if they care about women's rights, they should be protesting now and they're not. So it comes back to, is it political then? Is it only for political gain? It only matters if it's a Democrat or Republican or does it matter all the time? And we know right now that there's something going on, brother. Um, this The political control at the federal level, at the state level too, is in Democrat hands. We've talked about the the uh, Trevor Loudon book, right? The Enemies Within, the 91, that the the, uh, the majority or the leadership of the Democrat Party um, was and it is the Communist Party of America. And like you said, there's, a, there's this marriage of the radical jihadi Muslim countries in with communism, this new thing now. And so we have a whole party that has gone not just to the left, but is proposing things that are not safe, defunding the police departments. Um, radical ideas like, you know, um, federalizing elections and, you know, uh, cancel culture and, and going after those people that have any, any other thought. So if you're conservative, a Christian, a, a traditional values of any sort whatsoever, you are now made the enemy and put on the terrorist watch list. This is where we're at. And, and so we have to understand this is a concerted effort against God's values, against God's people, against us, not just in America, but around the world. And so this is bigger than ourselves, but we have to be aware that it is not one-off. It's not a random thing. It's not idiocy or incompetency in general. It has to be coordinated. It has to be connected because it fits the overall narrative. It makes us weaker. It, 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 we're being told and sold non-truth. And I, was, I said earlier on a different show, brother, that you know when, it's, when they're giving us lies and half-truths, that's from the devil, the father of lies. And so uh, everything what we see lately uh, have been for years, probably more aware of it now than ever before, is they'll sit there in the camera and look at us and tell us an absolute falsity. And we all know it's false, but there's nothing, no accountability. We have a president that will, will say a false statement, smirk, turn around and walk away and take no accountability for what he did or what he's doing. Um, this is, like you said, a, a illegitimate president, if you will. Um, but we've, we as American people have to set, stand up and say no. It's, it's time to push back. It's a, uh, it's worse, uh, if possibly, if possible, it's worse than what you're saying. We actually have literal uh, treasonous traitors in charge. I mean, if you're, uh, if you're flying illegal immigrants into the interior of the country, particularly to uh, quote unquote red states, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're upsetting the balance you're uh, denying the communities the opportunity to be involved in the process. And, um, you know, God is not mocked, brother. They're mocking God right now, but he is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you shall reap. And so what they're, they're hoping, you know, they're sowing evil and they're sowing a crop and they're going to reap it. They're going to pay now, some people may not, you know, the Bible talks about some men's sins are obvious and some mm -hmm. men's trail behind them. But ultimately, according to Ecclesiastes, we will give an account. There is an account coming. And, um, you know, just because Joe Biden's lived to be the oldest president we've ever had doesn't mean he's going to live forever. And he's going to give an accounting. 
and we're going to give an accounting. And so what is our response? You know, like I said earlier, the Lord gave me the word rejoice, you know, and um, I actually heard uh, Rick Joyner say uh, a while back that we're going to be so happy that people are going to think that we are retarded because we can't. <laughs> They're going to, how can you be happy in the midst of all the stuff that's going on? We can be happy because we have eternal life because the innocent one, the innocent Christ who had no guilt, no fault. Pilate said, I find no fault in this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and he knew how to find fault, man. That guy was like, he was like, you know, trained in it. And, and they, and he, the sinless spotless son of God shed his blood. And now it would not be just for God to hold our sins against us. That would be injustice. So it's okay, Christian people, to fight for justice. We've been told, oh, we don't want justice. We want mercy. Hey, the justice that we want is mercy. Because mm-hmm. if we don't start getting justice, our little girls are next. They're already doing it with, with this uh, you know, comprehensive sex education. They're grooming our little boys and our little girls to be homosexuals and to be uh, to to be sexually promiscuous and to go to Planned Parenthood and kill babies. I mean, abort babies. And they're you know, and now you have CRT, uh, which supposedly is is evolving in white fragility. You know, why 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 would you say that? You know, it's it's name calling. It's bullying. It's you know, it has to do with this entire thing. Now I said this on the air (laughs) many times for over a year and people I hope are waking up and paying attention because I asked the Lord, because everybody said back in March and April of 2020, this is a rehearsal, a dress rehearsal. And I asked the Lord and I said, Lord, is this a dress rehearsal or is this it? And I heard very clearly this is it. And so that procrastination spirit and that spirit Mm. of fear and that spirit of cowardice is like, okay, if we just keep our head down and if we just don't make waves, it'll all go away. This is not going away until we make it go away. We have to fight now. Now I'm not talking about picking up arms and uh, taking people off the face of the earth. I'm talking about standing for what's right, standing up for the Constitution. The Washington Constitution, by the way, is more aggressive in uh, many ways than the federal Constitution Mm -hmm. and freedom of speech, in freedom of religion, in uh, the right to keep and bear arms. And even if it wasn't, we still have the federal Constitution in place. Now, our Washington Supreme Court is corrupt. Our governor is corrupt. And our legisl- many of our legislatures are corrupt. Only in our most uh, red districts do we get anybody through. And that's because our elections are corrupt. And so I don't want to say Kim Wyman's corrupt, but Kim Wyman's corrupt. I don't want to say it, but it's true. And, you know, I love her. She's a nice lady. And she went through cancer a couple years ago and all this stuff's happened. And, you know, she's a nice human being. But if she's not willing to stand for election integrity, Mm. And allow this, this forensic audits and to really dig down, you know, when it's been proven in court in 2004, that Dino Rossi had that election stolen, mm-hmm. that we should have overhauled at that time, that we should have had a, a, a oversight and we should have had lawsuits and we should have had everything we needed to do. 
So God bless Mike Lindell. I mean, it doesn't look like anything's happening, but Marty, something's happening. And what's happening is people are going to, I heard two messages this very day, one from Dutch Sheets and one from Mike Thompson. And they both said the same thing. We're angry and it's right to be angry. Right. It's right. These are Christian men, solid guys, not crazy nut jobs. These are just normal Christian ministers and they're angry and they're saying it's right. The Bible doesn't say don't be angry. The Bible says be angry and sin not. So it actually tells us to get angry. It talks about uh, don't sin. righteous anger. Right. Exactly Absolutely. Right. And so is there not a cause? You know, I hear that a lot too. You know, D- David and Goliath, right? So Goliath is parading around. He's this great big, you know, bad dude. And David's like, is there not a cause? This, well, listen to what this guy's saying. You know, listen to what Inslee's saying. There's no, you know, your religious exemption is if you've ever had a shot any, any time, you can't have a religious exemption. That's baloney, right? We can have an exemption. Anything's got fetal cells in it. We're, we're pro-life. This thing's got fetal cells in it. There's a lot of reasons why we don't want to take the vaccine. It doesn't work. For one thing, my sister and my brother-in-law both got double, double shots. They got it. So what's the point? And they were like, get the vaccine. You don't have to wear a mask. Now they're like, no, you have to wear a mask and get the mm-hmm. vaccine. So see, they, it's never enough with them. It's never enough with them. Because it's about loss of control and power. We talked about this before, but I just want to clarify that for everybody too. Getting the vaccine is your personal choice. Do what you want to do. It does not prevent you from getting COVID. It does not prevent you from spreading COVID. It does not do any of those things, and it does not improve. They say you're, it's you'd be less likely to be hospitalized. You know, you still both with or without it still have a 98, 99% chance of survival. So it's still your choice, but they have told you a, a lie that somehow you would no longer have to wear a mask, that you no longer can pass it or catch it. That is not true. All vaccines never prevent you from getting it. That you could still get it and you could still pass it along. You could still be contagious. And Doug, I want to say this. Like you said, to rejoice in this. Well, you and I grew up in a time where you had John Wayne and Ronald Reagan and, and these tough male figures, right? And I've talked about masculinity before. But we're, we're being drawn right now. We see a Mike Lindell standing up. We see a General Flynn standing up. We see a Donald Trump that that showed us how to do it, that was a fighter, um, we see Josh Fried over there in, in King County um, doing things that typically a GOP chairman wouldn't do. See Dave over here in Pierce County, David Mullen. Great people, but we're drawn to courage. In a time like this, we've talked about it for years now. This is the time for all of us to be courageous. God anointed us. God's prepared us. There's all kinds of stuff happening, but it's us that he's prepared for time such as this. Us to, to encourage others to rejoice, as you said, but to stand up and fight and say, no, my family needs to be protected. Your family, this community needs to be protected. And what you're doing is wrong, whether it be CRT or CSE or any of those acronyms, or if it's the open porous border, or if it's the election integrity, where if we can't trust government, first of all, we can. Second, we can't trust the system for a fair ballot. And we're being told that under the duress or coercion that we could either be sued or put in jail, for not following their health guidance, their mandates, that's tyranny. We don't have freedoms. You and I talked about this a year ago. And you said, if we if we have freedoms that we cannot exercise, we don't have our freedoms. And we're at a point now where we cannot exercise our freedoms. 
and it's time to push back or we won't have the opportunity to push back. I love uh, the Canadian pastor from Poland, Art Pulowski. He's been traveling around the area. He was here in the Northwest. He was actually over at uh, Nathan French's uh, church. I missed it because we were doing the tent thing. But, um, you know, one of the things he was talking about was they were renting a building from another church. They were renting it. You know, they were having their meetings in another church. And the 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 pastor uh, said, you can't have meetings in our church anymore um, because I might get a ticket. And he's like, a ticket? I have hundreds of tickets. You don't even have one ticket? What what gospel are you preaching? What are you doing? And he was like appalled that the guy didn't even have one ticket. You never got on the wrong side of wicked rulers. And, um, you know, the thing that is that we have to deal with right now is that spirit of fear that mm-hmm. God has not given that thing to us. We don't have to accept it. And we don't have to, uh, we don't have to receive it and we don't have to live under that. And, um, this, uh, idea that, you know, when we're, when we're afraid like that, and now I always say this brother, and you've heard me say this a lot of times, courage is not the absence of fear, but it's action in the face of fear. And so there's always going to be a natural, you know, hesitancy, but that spirit of fear, that gripping fear that doesn't allow you to move, to go do the thing that God's called you to do is, is a lack of faith. You know, if the, what's the, you know, okay, they might put you in jail. Okay. Well, our jails aren't that bad. All right. So other, other Chinese, Chinese jail, probably worse. Mexican jail for sure. Worse. Mm -hmm. Right. American jails are, you know, I mean, it's not going to be fun, but okay, whatever. Right. But do the right thing. Secondly, they might kill you. Okay. So if they kill you, what happens? You go to heaven. (laughs) It's, It's a lot better for you. So, you know, do you believe that? And so what I'm finding in, in, you know, the midst of all of this kind of thing is um, no faith. People are, you know, they're acting cowardly because they don't believe what the Bible says. The Bible, you know, you know, you always make, give me a hard time about sharing about the first time I got arrested, right, in, mm-hmm. in Portland. But you know what? When I got put in the police car, brother, I thought this is what the Bible said would happen. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't like... And I wasn't aggressively doing anything. You know, I'm not those guys with the signs outside of Safeco or whatever, mm-hmm. T-Mobile Park, right? Yep. I'm not those guys. Repent or you'll burn. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, you've been around me. I'm, I I'm just like this. I sing beautiful Christian worship songs and I, Jesus loves you. And I mean, I tell people the truth, but brother, I'm not harsh. And yet at the same time, persecutions come, things happen. And, you know, we've got to remember that. It says it in First Timothy, all who seek to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, just live a godly life, brother, shall suffer persecution. Just live right and you're going to get persecuted. Now, when you open your mouth and you start to preach, it's going to get a little hotter. But you know what? Warmer. It's not yep. your problem. It's their problem. If exactly they get a problem right. with you, that's their problem. We have a and, problem with God and the message, yes, right? Absolutely. And so why are you know, we don't want to preach those those scriptures like just be a nice person, come to my church and tithe, you know. Um so I have forget, a, this don't is forget a perfect, to, you know, give your kids to our, you know, Sunday school. You know, we right. want we want to have this not and look, God wants that. God wants our kids to be safe, our families to be safe, and all these kind of things. But yet the Bible 
the New Testament. This is not Old Testament stuff, brother. This is New Testament stuff. Mm-hmm. Says we're going to get persecuted. Yes. I told that story many times again about Charles Finney on his horse, realizing he hadn't been persecuted for three days, got down off the horse and started praying. Oh, Lord, have I sinned? What have I done wrong? Nobody's in the farmer in the next field heard him praying and threw a brick at him. And he went his way rejoicing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank so, you, Lord. Thank you. Somebody yeah. threw a brick at me. <laughs> so several pastors, the friends of ours, people you know, people I know um, now are really being aggressive. They're standing out and saying, helping Christians um, work through the religious exemption for the forced vaccine. You know, and, and at one point you're like, okay, you're being engaged, you're helping them, but you're still working within the confines of what the government's making you do. Here's this narrow exemption, jump through these hoops to get your, instead of standing on your personal beliefs in Jesus and, and scripture saying, no, I'm not taking this. My, my values are enough through the threat of being fired. Uh, I will say this. The other night I, I did a Zoom meeting. Um, oh, the King County GOP um, had it. And there was the lady from Pacific Justice Institute. We She's know them. the same one that defended us. Brother. Yeah. yeah. She was great. But I love her focus. It wasn't about the letter. It wasn't about going to a pastor. It wasn't about getting someone to sign off on an exemption for you. It was like, know your scripture. Be able to defend your faith. Be able to witness to your employer. Say, no, this is my belief. Whether it be like a a recent conversion or later conversion, doesn't matter. The Bible says this. The Bible says that. Use scripture, witness to them. Use this as a chance to defend your faith, to to advance the kingdom of God, and allow God to be in control. Whatever happens, happens. I love her approach to it. It was like, yeah, here's our chance as Christians to stand firm on the word of God, to trust God, and and to share the gospel, right? It's not about here, please give me this exemption because my pastor signed it. Right. So our old, our former engineer, David Summers, who engineered uh, Eyes on Washington for us for Salem Media in Seattle, yes. refused to wear a mask and he was terminated last week. They fired him, been there for 21 years. And he was like, we're Salem Media. We, we have, you know, um, uh, you know, all these programs, Larry Elder and, and all these guys are saying, don't, don't comply, don't comply. But you are forcing your employees to wear these masks, to do these things. He's like, you guys are hypocrites. And they canned him. And he walked out of their brother the next day. He had a better job the next oh, day. God. Yeah. So, um, so he's been on our, our prayer call the last couple of weeks, brother rejoicing. And I was like, God was moving him on, but he had that internal thing that voice of god saying this is important you don't compromise this you go for this because you know uh you know i've been really been convicted lately about this you know they draw near to me with their lips but their heart is far from me and the lord showed me that in isaiah and then i flipped over to the new testament where i was reading the new testament and jesus said the same thing he quoted the same thing. thing so you know when you get two or three witnesses brother god's telling you something so i immediately it's like lord you have my heart. I want you to have my heart. I don't want to do mouth work. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to do it because we, your heart, what your heart will do is it will create action. You know, out of the, out of the heart flow, the issues of life out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so as we draw near to him and trust in him, you know, as bad as it is, brother, we ain't in Afghanistan right now. They're not going door to door and dragging us out in the street and beheading us or crucifying us or whatever. This ISIS, you know, 
mm-hmm. the, you know, version two or whatever. ISIS K. Yep. And yep. so, um, we're, um, you know, and you know, we talked about that with uh, Winston Churchill said, you know, if you won't fight when it's easy, will you fight when it gets hard? And pretty soon you might even have to fight where you know you're going to lose and die, but it's better than living a slave. And so, you know, where is, you know, where is the the courage and, you know, the commitment in that right now, brother? So I, well, you've seen the post and it it's always makes me smile and also makes you question yourself, right? But if the post says, if you were convicted for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to prove it, right? That this idea here that, you know, does your word and your life and your what you do, you know, uh, line up with your faith? And in many cases, you're like, I don't know. Is there enough evidence to, to convict me as a Christian, uh, as a follower of Christ, as someone who is going to stand firm? And that's where we want to encourage others and saying that we're all in this. There are more of us than there are of them. The idea here, God's calling us all to have some faith, to have some conviction, to be like David, to step up and say, no, that giant is offending the people and the Lord. The Lord says, and the Lord is with us, and we know he is. And so with all this stuff, whether it be the, the fear of losing your job, the fear of being sued, the fear of, of your family, Doug said, we're in, still in a nation that can be turned around. We're still in a nation of Christians that have been praying for decades where God's answering prayers that will move. We are the hands and feet, though. God will move through us as the body as we re-engage, as we we take territory. Doug says it's to occupy, and we've talked many times on this show and others, that we've abdicated, we've pulled out, like in Afghanistan or Iraq, the church has from the political mountains. We've left a few stragglers behind enemy lines there and expect them to carry the water for us. It's the time for the church, the, the body of Christ, not the or, uh, organizational part of it, but us as believers to re-engage, to take ground, to express salt and light, as Tim Taylor always says, to express the authority of the kingdom of God into the political mountain. That's how we change things back. This nation, once again, will turn, repent, and pray as we put our trust back in God, as one nation under God. Amen. I know it's not uh, easy, but it does take people like you and I, people like that, that are listening here every week, um, to step out and say, all right, I can do this much. I can do a little bit more than I think I can because I'm going to trust God in this. And it makes a difference. That's why we see these parents showing up at school board meetings, passionately talking. We see people that have never been involved in politics now running organizations to get the information now into our hands so we can be effective in stopping the onslaught of the stuff. That's why we have good people that that just are called in their spirit to run for office. And then now it's our job as, as saying, hey, yes, we agree. Let's God's called them to be the tip of the spear. Let's help them get across the finish line. And so it all comes down to what are we what are we called to do? When God's saying, who shall go? Who shall I send? Is our job as Christians to say, Lord, send me. Amen. And like you said, it's not always easy, but it's worth it. But, you know, anything that's worth doing, uh, it, it's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. And, you know, I have a, another saying that I've often shared with my children, and they'll actually even complete the statement for me. I say anything that's worth doing, and they will complete the statement, is worth doing poorly. Nobody starts out as a star golfer, a star tennis player, or a star anything. No Olympic athlete hit the, you know, hit the thing as a five-year-old and, you know, 
was the greatest gymnast ever, the greatest swimmer or whatever. And so, you know, we make steps as we step out. Yes, we're probably going to do poorly. We're probably going to mess up. And that, you know, in that way, that helps us because then we lose our pride and we start to, to walk in humility and ask God to help us and to be a witness. So you go to a school board meeting and maybe it doesn't go good, but then you go back again and then maybe it gets a little better and it gets as you practice or you start to go to, you know, these classes and things that Caper puts on and stuff like that, that teaches us how to be activists, Glenn Morgan, things like that. We, the govern.com, you know, you just, everybody gets nervous. Everybody is halting every, you know, we didn't, you know, I've been doing the radio since 1990, brother. I didn't just like grab a microphone two days ago. And that's why you and I can have this show. You've been doing this for many years now as well. It, it, it takes practice and that's okay. And then we want to train others and help others. And that's one of the, I think the main reasons we had the program. Now I, I heard this from pastor Kent Christmas at regeneration Nashville uh, regenerationnashville.org. He puts out a weekly Wednesday, you know, Bible study. And he read this and I went and found it and I just want to read it to, to our, um, our audience, but it was written by CS Lewis in 1948 when everybody was freaking out about the atomic bomb. And so if we took out the atomic bomb and we put COVID-19 in here, I think it would probably work. But he says in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, why, as you would live in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Don't they call the coronavirus the novel? They do. Brother? Yeah. You and all, uh, believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us are going to die in unpleasant ways. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestor, anesthetics. But we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made. And the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. And that was C.S. Lewis in 1948, brother. Wow. That's so appropriate. That's good. Like you said, replaced uh, atomic bomb with COVID-19 or anything else that they want to force on us. Should we just be and huddled together like sheep, brother? <laughs> or shall and we so I will say children, this. Play, yeah. uh, drink a pint with friends over a game of darts? How English, right? How English. I love it. So of, of those listeners, if you've dealt with COVID, it is not a um, easy thing. My wife dealt with it. She's still dealing with it. Um, if you get it, 
we pray for you, pray for speedy healing, but to C.S. Lewis's point in Doug's, it's like not to be fearful of not getting it, or if you have it, just deal with it as we go on. Survival's there, there are resources there. We need the truth, we need to stand firm, and we need to keep on doing those things we're called to do, to pray and obey, to serve others, to get out engaged, to live a normal life. But I think many people keep on buying into the ideas when we return to normal. As you said, this is, this is it. There's no normal. There's just, it's what's next. We need, to create, we need to create a new normal. They said right. a new normal last year. We need a new normal where we bathe the kids, we go to church, we open our businesses, and we don't live like scared little rabbits. Come mm-hmm. on. And, you know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, your, your wife, you know, you got kind of following that on Facebook. Of course, I was out riding that motorcycle when all this was coming down, so I didn't find out until I got back. But she had, you know, a severe reaction, right? Even mm-hmm. hospitalization. To, you know, so COVID's no joke. We're not, and we're not, we're not saying that, but there is treatment, there is survivability. And, you know, are we really going to just stop living because of this sickness? You know, the stuff, it happens and it, you know, and it's pretty virulent, but there are treatments, there are ways to do it. And once you're through it, your, your immune, your immune system is like, uh, what did Tucker Carlson say? Like 13% greater the natural immunity you get 13 you times bigger. Yeah. Yeah. 13 times greater immunity than any of those, those uh, shots or anything. I will say this too. And I know we didn't talk about it on this show, but for our listeners on this show, my wife's experience was eye-opening. She's been a nurse for 31 years. She did go in after 10 days of fighting, fight it off on herself and, and got treatment in the hospital, the COVID wing, which the hospital's not overflowing. The COVID wing was full, but they said that, the virus is not following a natural trajectory. Uh, over 50% of those admitted with COVID had been vaccinated. So it wasn't vaccinated versus unvaccinated. She goes over the majority of them, 90% or so were between 30 and 40. So it wasn't old people. It was younger people. And it was uh, people that were healthy. So there was no rhyme or reason on who would get it and how, how bad it would f- affect them. It was vaccinated and unvaccinated. It was young. It was healthy. Uh, and so don't buy into all you're being told that it's a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. More than half, and this is a common theme, were vaccinated. So uh, this idea, if you're still deciding, pray, have conviction, stand on your convictions, know God's got you, uh, and that this is treatable. But um, there is no extra protection by giving away your freedoms and getting the vaccine. It is what it is. Any decision you make based on fear is probably not the right decision. We need to base our decisions on faith and to walk with faith, not by sight. Um, if you get sick, we need to pray for you, get healed, do the ivermectin and the hydrochloroquine and all that stuff, right? That stuff works. It helps. Uh, you know, we keep an eye on it. We're not, we're not uh, you know, COVID deniers. We just deny its ability to kill us. And uh, we're not going to allow that. Uh, You're listening to Doug and Marty versus the world. I just want to remind you, you can uh, connect with us or find out more about us by going to our website, DougAndMarty.com. That's DougAndMarty.com. Available on a browser near you on this thing called the internet or the interweb or something like that. Anyway, it's out there. Uh, There's also a Doug and Marty uh, versus the world Facebook page. There's a podcast. You can even tell your smart device, your speaker, your Alexa, or your Google assistant, hey, Google play Doug and Marty versus the world, and it will pull up the latest podcasts, which are sometimes uh, not 
too current. <laughs> Maybe a few weeks behind. We, yes. yes. Uh, but you can listen to Doug and Marty versus the world on your smart device. Isn't that cool? I mean, who would have thought, brother? I mean, I'm not but, even smart enough to figure that out. And somehow it, it's there. It's there. The age of technology, right? So it's a war we're in. But the basics always ring, ring true. So thank you for having patience for Doug and Marty to coming back. I'm glad Doug had a great time on his ride. I want to hear more about it maybe in the future. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but Labor Day weekend. This is the end of summer, supposedly, brother. So everybody enjoy your time with your family as school starts across the state. Keep praying and stay engaged. This is Marty McClendon. And Doug Basler, Doug and Marty versus the world. See you next time. <laughs>